Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 74. Is Zoom still important for podcasters? Rob Greenlee has the answer. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. This is where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And I'm so happy that you are joining me for this. The show notes for this episode will be at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 74. And if you're not already subscribed to The Audacity to Podcast, I'd love it if you would subscribe for free over at theaudacitytopodcast.com. I even have over on the right side an email newsletter you can sign up for to get an occasional podcasting tip or a few tips or some tricks or get involved in answering some questions to help generate content for the podcast. And you can subscribe in iTunes, leave ratings and reviews and all of that very easily right from the website at theaudacitytopodcast.com. Now, I've talked about how to get in the top podcasting directories in episode 69 over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 69. And one listener, Nanny Jenny, called in a voicemail shortly after that and shared some conjecture or a report of something that challenges whether we really should be trying to get inside the Zune marketplace. And basically, she was saying the Zune marketplace is dead. So I want you to hear what Nanny Jenny had to say. Now, her voicemail that she sent in had a lot of noise in the background, so I had to clean this up a little bit, but I really wanted to let her use her voice to ask this question. Hi, Daniel. This is Nanny Jenny from the NannyCast at nannycast.posterous.com. I was listening to episode 69 about top podcast directories and how to get in them, and I noticed that the very second directory you listed was the Zoom Marketplace. And you were talking about how wonderful it would be in the Zoom Marketplace because of the connection between the Zoom Marketplace and Windows phones. So the very next day, I log into my feed reader, and what pops up but announcements from Microsoft saying that they are cutting the cord between Zoom Marketplace and Windows phones. So, um, I wanted to submit this tip to keep you current, but Zoom Marketplace might not be a place to focus energy any longer. Thank you for such an excellent podcast on the Audacity to Podcast, and I hope to hear more from you. This is Nanny Jenny at nannycast.posterous.com. Thank you, Nanny Jenny, for sending in that voicemail. And I really appreciate that you brought that up. And there was an article, actually several articles that addressed this. I'm not sure exactly which one Nanny Jenny saw, by the way, you can check her out at Nanny's Cast or Nanny Cast at posterous.com or posterous. The article that I'm going to assume maybe she read, it's certainly one of the most popular ones, is from The Verge, which is a very popular tech blog, podcast, show, all of that. And they have an article, and I'll have a link to this in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash 74. This article was titled 
how Microsoft is killing off the Zune and Windows Live brands in Windows 8. The first line of this article says, Microsoft appears to be killing off two of its key user-facing brands with the upcoming consumer preview release of Windows 8. This article was published on February 24th, 2012. And I'll have a link to it in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 24, or 74, I'm sorry. I've also seen other articles about this around the same time, and they were each pretty much crediting The Verge as their source, but others were saying reportedly appears, seems. Here's the thing. Microsoft has made absolutely no announcement of this, that they would be killing off the Zoom marketplace. But also, when you look at even just the Verge's article on this, they say that they will be rebranding some of these technologies, including Zoom, would be rebranded into just simply music and video in the new Windows 8 Uh, operating system and tablets and Windows phone maybe too. But that doesn't mean they're completely doing away with Zoom or Zoom Marketplace or anything that they've already built up. In fact, if they are truly rebranding, and keep in mind, this is just conjecture. This is an actual fact or an actual announcement from Microsoft. But if this were true, it really wouldn't make sense that Microsoft would completely do away with the current podcast directory and start over. I would think they would carry that over and instead rebrand the content that they already have. So that means if you're in the Zoom marketplace now, then you'll be in whatever they rebrand it to later. I really don't think they'll completely wipe it out and start over fresh if this conjecture and theory is even true. But that's where Rob Greenlee comes in. Rob Greenlee is a very successful podcaster, podcast producer, and he's the the business manager for the Zoom podcast marketplace. Rob and I are also both members of the Tech Podcast Network over at techpodcast.com. And we spent some time on Skype talking about the future of Zoom and the marketplace, how to get in the marketplace and some of the perspective of podcasting as a future, and a couple podcasting tips, what Rob uses for podcasting, what formats are best. I will turn this over to our pre-recorded interview with Rob Greenlee from Zoom. Thank you very much for joining me. It's great to be here, Daniel. The Zoom player is not a device anymore. I mean, it's been a popular device. It was the number two device for a little while, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I think it depends on what numbers you were looking at. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Zune platform is not all about the Zune player anymore. It's, it's not really a hardware platform quite as much anymore, though there is still millions of Zune portable media players out there being used today. So, I, you know, we sold a lot of Zunes. I mean, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I would say that the perception is that we didn't sell that many Zunes, but the truth of the matter is there's millions of Zunes still out there people are using every day. So, you know, it's still a large kind of platform for podcasters to get their audio listened to. But I would say that looking forward, uh, the Windows phone is really where the growth is. 
and where the opportunity is um, right on the phone. So, you know, I'd say that that's kind of kind of the big way of looking at it is, is that the Zoom devices are large out there still today, but that's kind of fading um, where the future is, is the Windows Phone platform. So then I, I really like how Microsoft has taken that and has evolved with the technology and turned the Zoom from just being that hardware to the platform and the, the marketplace. And what other ways, and I know we're on the edge of release and news about Windows 8, so there might be stuff you can't share, but what other ways is Zoom integrating into uh, the world of technology, especially as it relates to podcasters? And it's certainly part of the overall platform of today for Windows 7. Uh, there are changes coming in Windows 8. Um, I mean, a lot of that stuff I can't really talk about right now. But um, but I would say that from a podcaster's perspective, I think that the thing to really focus on is the Windows Phone platform. And so as that kind of grows, um, uh, that that's really where the focus of the growth is going to be in the future. So I think... Um, there's not a lot that I can talk about quite yet, but I think that the, the opportunity is still, is, is there for podcasters on, on the platform. And currently today it's also the video podcasts are currently also available on, in the windows media center software as well, which will be a part of the, the windows eight platform and is currently in windows seven. So if you're doing a video podcast, that will still be there. And then also, uh, Zoom.net is also our website, and we have our full podcast catalog available on the web streaming via Silverlight. So it is there, and then the Zoom software is uh, out there, um, and that's got the full catalog you know, in it today that's, that actually runs on Windows 7, and it actually will run on Windows 8 as well. So it actually will, will run in the desktop mode in the Windows 8 consumer preview. So if you actually get that, that Windows 8 consumer preview, you can still in Zoom, you can still in, uh, load the Zoom software on that. So on the Windows side of things, and I've switched to OS 10 a couple of years ago as my primary computer, and I know a lot of people out there. My audience is about half and half, with a little bit of Linux sprinkled in. But on the Windows side of things, what is that? Uh, place where people can go that's like windows microsoft friendly to get their podcasts and is is zoom already so integrated into windows 7 like itunes is for os 10 where itunes is the place to get podcasts yeah and it's really i mean on os 10 it's the place it's integrated already it's already installed on this on the operating system but on the Windows side of things, yes, people can get iTunes, but a lot of people don't like iTunes. So is Zoom uh, Podcast Directory already built into software that's with Windows 7? No, it's actually it's the Zoom software. It's actually the compatible version of the iTunes uh, software for Windows 7. It's been around for about, um, I don't know, since 2006. Um that has like the music and video and podcast marketplace. Um, you know, and it's also used to synchronize content with windows phone too. So it's very, very much similar to the iTunes, um, kind of platform. Right. So 
the Zune software and it's the Zune Marketplace Media Player software. It's actually kind of a premium Windows Media Player is kind of how I like to look at it. Oh, okay. Um, and it's totally free. It's available off of Zune.net. So you can go get that. And it's it's actually a very Metro-style type of app. It was actually very, very similar to kind of the overall direction that the the operating system is going and how it looks and how it feels. And it's it's totally free and it's been around for, for a long time. And it really was the software besides maybe Windows Media Center that really plowed this whole Metro design. So it's it's a very beautiful software. Uh, it's very easy to to use. Uh, the content really pops off of the page, and it's. I would say that it's a better experience than other other, you know, similar type of software out there, including iTunes. I mean, it's better from the standpoint of kind of the user experience. Um, so, I mean, if you haven't tried it and you're running a Windows machine, definitely go get the Zoom software and check it out. It's got the full podcast marketplace in there. You can subscribe to podcasts. You can watch them right in the software itself. So, Yeah, and that's especially great because so many people complain about iTunes runs so slow on Windows. And many times people don't even think that, well, there's Microsoft's uh, program. I wish that Zoom was built into uh, Windows, like Zoom replaced Windows Media Player. Any... Uh, idea of that coming in windows 8 or can you say well as you think about windows 8 it's it's very very much an an app centric environment so um so there isn't a lot that's kind of built into it from a media and player perspective i mean all that functionality is going to be added to as a as like an app type of experience and i'm not saying that that there there's you know that there's a podcast app or something like that for windows 8 right now that that does not exist, but but I would say that there is a um, uh, kind of the philosophy that the company has taken with the Windows 8 platform is that it's very um, it's in pieces, right? So you can build your own personal experience there based on kind of this this app model. There's the Zoom podcast directory, and I always encourage people get on the Zoom podcast directory. And what's the process for doing that? Well, I would say that there's that there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. Probably the best way is just to send me an email and with your your feed, and I'll personally add it. Since all of probably most of the people that are listening to this podcast are probably podcasters, or they have an interest in doing a podcast, I I offer this, and I've been doing this for for years. I just put my email address out there. It's rob at zoom.net. Send me your feed address, and I'd be happy to personally add it, and I will reply to your email and let you know when it's in. And uh, we're Good to go because I want to um, get content in the platform that is coming from podcasters that are proactive and want to are growing and learning about how to podcast better and things like that. That makes for better content on our platform as well. So, so that's why I, I put my email address out there. Uh, feel free to reach out to me anytime. That's rob at zoom.net and I'd be happy to help you get your show on the platform. The other way is we do have a, a submission process that's off of zoom.net that's our website uh, the full podcast catalog is available for streaming video and audio off of that site and there is a little submission box that you can submit your podcast to us and then also in the zoom software itself uh, there is an area to submit your podcast to us that's built into the software and that comes into my submissions queue but i would say for the the folks that listen to this show 
uh, just send me an email, you know, with your feed. And like you've said for a long time, you know, in your shows, have your basics down, you know, your, your album art, your cover art, your descriptions, your title, and primarily have an MP3 file as far as a media file. And then an H.264, you know, it, it could be an MP4 or it can be an, uh, like an M4V video file. So, and then if you have those things, you're, you're pretty much good to go and we'll get you in the catalog. Are there any special things though, that your feed, um, that you require podcasters to have from your feed? Because here's uh, a a special question with this is RSS feeds get two different images in them for podcasts. One is from the RSS2 image tag, which that's the standard is 144 by 144 pixels. But looking at the Zoom podcast director, you're using larger images and you're not just blowing up that smaller size. So are you pulling from the iTunes image tag? Yes. I, actually, that's where we do most of the looking. Sneaky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, most podcasters, uh, when they put out a podcast, they think of getting it in iTunes, right? So they're they're focused on making sure that the iTunes tags are properly populated. And so what we've done is is we look at those tags uh you know first and then we look at the RSS2 tags. So so we do kind of want to have both of the tags fully populated to actually you know work with our platform. Now now we do not actually look for like the cover art that's that's part of the media file itself. So we don't have any process to, to parse the, the album art that's embedded in the media file. But that comes across our platform. It comes from the iTunes tag and the RSS2 tag. So you need to have both tags you know, actually populated with a cover art that's active. So, so that's really important because I mean, if you don't have both tags covered, then in different parts of the platform, your album art will not show up. So it's really, really important that you uh, have both of those areas populated. And I think that's just a fundamental um, that every podcaster should should do mm-hmm. is to have both of those tags populated with series descriptions as well as you know the proper size of cover art. Now, now we 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 cover any size cover art, so it's really important that you put in a very high quality. Uh, cover art that's either 300 by 300 or 600 by 600. Uh, and I'm actually okay with putting in a larger size in the RSS2 tag. You know, I mean, I don't think that our platform will kick your podcast back um, or not not allow it to come in if it doesn't conform to the 144 by 144. So, you know, I'm, you know, our platform is fairly flexible on that. I don't believe that even the iTunes platform will kick out your podcast if you put in a, you know, a, a larger, you know, cover art than the 144 by 144. It may not validate or it may not be part of the spec, but um, it's okay with me and and it's not a not a big deal if you want to put the same size in both the iTunes and the RSS too. So then uh, with iTunes, when people want to change something about their podcast, they just change it in their RSS feed. Is it just that same way with the Zoom podcast directory? Yeah, we... We did not, um, back in 2007, architect the catalog to automatically update the cover art. So uh, that has to be manually updated by me um, yeah, and our team here. So 
Um, really, the ideal situation is is you know I hate to say this, but to let me know that that's changed. Um, it's kind of a hassle, I know, um, but that's that's the reality of it. If you happen to notice that you know that you've changed your your cover art, um, and it's it's for a show that's that's in the Zoom platform. I mean, if you could send me an email, I mean, a lot of times I I notice the change, but oftentimes I I don't. Um, and so it'd be great if you could send me an email uh, just to let me know that 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 needs to be updated. Um, so that's unfortunately now that's not so much the case in every part of the platform. Um, some some parts of the platform your cover art will automatically change and other parts it has to be manually changed so i know that's kind of a confusing thing but that's unfortunately how it how it was architected and i i have to work with that so the the art that shows up in the like the the windows phone while you're listening to a podcast will be changed right away when you update your your feed, but the album art that appears in the Zune Marketplace software as part of the catalog will not update. Um, so that's something that I have to go into my tools here and manually swap out. Okay, so if if someone is making changes to their feed, either they change the title, the album art, the the artist, the description, any of that, and they go to the marketplace and they notice it's not changed, they can just email you rob at zune.net. Correct. Yes. Awesome. I'm sure a lot of people out there really appreciate that you're so open like that. And you don't get that from iTunes. You can't ask for help from iTunes, but we really appreciate that you're open to that and personally respond to these things. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm from the podcast community. I mean, I was, yeah, I had my own podcast for many, many years uh, and was part, part of the original group um, that actually started podcasting. So, I'm very much a part of the community and I've always been a part of the community um, and I've always wanted to be accessible. And, and as part of my job here is to, is to maintain relationships with podcasters um, all across the country. So um, I'm, you know, I want to be accessible and I am accessible. So it's, it's just a matter of uh, shooting me an email and I'm more than happy to, to help. Okay, great. Thank you. Are there any secret tricks with, having a podcast in the Zoom marketplace. And what I mean by that is with iTunes, people can take their iTunes podcast URL and just change the HTTP to ITMS. And that opens their podcast link directly in iTunes. And that also works on mobile devices. So if someone is browsing with a mobile phone, they click that iTunes link, it opens in iTunes. Is there some kind of secret trick that can work like that for the Zoom side? Well, we don't have it um, a little secret trick um, that actually works works on the phone to actually do that. Uh, we do have what we call a deep link um, that for every podcaster, there is a way that you can get a deep link into the Zoom software. Um, well, actually in two places, the Zoom software and the the catalog that's available off of Zoom.net. So, so if you go to Zoom.net... Uh, and then scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see a um, a link that's offered off of you know each page of the Zoom.net uh, website that says um, I think it's um, Zoom links. And then if you go into that area of the website, uh, you can do a little search query to for 
for the title of your podcast. And that will bring up a page that will make available links, direct links ah. that you can put on your website. Nice. Yeah, I just did that. It's uh, called Link to Zune in the footer. Yep. Yep. And I like that because in iTunes, it's not obvious how to get a link to your podcast, but here you just search for it. And when I click on it, then it shows me um, a couple different links. It says my Zoom marketplace link for the Audacity to podcast and my Zoom social link. What is the Zoom social link? Uh, that's that's your page that's available off of the Zoom.net website. Okay. So, so a visitor can go into that page for your website and actually listen to an episode or watch an episode right on that page. That's the way to get access to see what your podcast uh, looks like on the Zoom platform uh, if you're running a Mac. Let's look into the future a little bit of podcasting. Uh, you've been very integrated with the the behind the scenes of podcasting and working with Microsoft, you get to see that future and see where the technology is going in many different ways. What can you tell us about where you think podcasting will be audio and video? What's the next step? Where do you think we'll be in a few years? Well, I can speak to what I think is happening in the marketplace and the, the evolution of audio and video podcasting. And I think, um, um, and these are not specific to what Microsoft may have planned or anything like that, but they, they, they really get back to the foundations of audio and video. And, and I think that here over the next few years, um, and these are trends that I've been seeing kind of happening for a few years now. You know, I've been involved in the podcast space. Actually, I, I launched a podcast back in 2004, and I actually started my show um, on broadcast radio. So I... I was actually doing, uh, you know, a nationally syndicated show on the broadcast side for many years and then took my show, um, you know, into the podcasting realm. And so I see this kind of this, this movement that's happening around audio specifically, and I can start out with that, um, of moving, um, more into places where people spend a lot of time consuming audio. When I think that this has been a fundamental that's been uh, that's really supported the growth of podcasting all along, but I think it's it's becoming more and more important um, as as people um, get so much media in their lives. And I think that the audio side, it's going to be more and more important that podcasts get get enabled in cars um, and be able to be more easily and safely consumed in cars. And I think, um, I mean, a lot of folks have been doing this for a long time. You know, if they have an aux in jack or something like that to their stereo system, they can plug their, their MP3 player, or, you know, or their, their phone into their car and play it through their, their speaker systems or a Bluetooth connection, that kind of thing. And that's something I, I do every day as well. And I think that um, over time, I think that the, that content, you know, along with online radio is going to be much more a part of um, your kind of car stereo experience, right? I mean, all, all the trends that I'm seeing is that cars are going to be more computerized, going to have 3G connections or 4G connections, uh, and going to have the ability to get online radio into the car, just like what we've been used to getting FM radio or, you know, the, the traffic reports on, on AM radio. So I think that the, the internet radio piece is going to become much more important. And I think it's, it's critical that those experiences be, um, 
uh, safe and and easy to navigate um, to get to the content that people want to consume. And you think about you know this this TV anywhere or this media anywhere kind of model that clearly fits into that, right? So you can start listening to a show on your home stereo on your computer at home or and then stop playing and then resume it in the car or something you know those type of experiences i think are really really important to the future of podcasting and then on the the video side i would say that the the more and more the video podcast side of the realm is is moving more and more towards the large screen playback experiences and not all video podcasts will find success on the television. Uh, there's still plenty of video podcasts that are geared more towards mobile and, you know, like maybe slate type platforms. But I think that where, where the big growth is uh, in online video content is going to be moving more towards the television. I think you can see all the trends moving that direction. But I think that's that's where you're going to see this, this happen um, more and more is that um, and this is what I'm seeing in the marketplace today too. More and more video podcasters are thinking more and more about how they can get their shows on large screen playback experiences. Especially as we, you know, we talk about um, kind of how the video game is being upped with the the new iPad that's come out, you know, with the higher resolution screen. Uh, you think about the you know the the Xbox world, and you think about you know these Roku, these smart TVs, and things like that. That this content that we're all used to, that we've been consuming on our laptops and and our home computers, is going to move to the big screen. And I think that's that's where the opportunity is for video podcasters here in the future. So that that's kind of a summary. Yeah, and on that aspect of the audio in cars, recently GM announced that some of their cars would start partnering with Stitcher Radio so that people could get Stitcher Radio in their cars without having to use a smartphone. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's clearly an example of what I'm talking about is that that's, that's, that's the movement that's, you know, that's happening that clearly makes sense. I mean, I mean, it just makes sense that we all want to consume audio. I mean, that, you know, our cars, I mean, that, that's what I do every day on my way to work. I mean, I've got, you know, like a half hour commute each way. And I, I listen to audio podcasts in my car. Do you think video and audio are still going to end up being separate uh, fields? Or do you think audio podcasters need to start looking at moving into video? Or like there's there's always been that debate of should there be more focus on video or should we maintain a focus on audio? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that 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 decision needs to be made based on what the what the type of content that you're doing, and I think, and also what the technical abilities are of the of, of the podcaster and how much time you have to to spend, you know, with, with the show. I think that there, there are some advantages to making your your podcast a video podcast, but I also think it's it for a lot of shows. I I don't believe that the video is really necessary. I mean, I think if you look at what people are spending more time with, I would say that people um, in certain genres of podcasts are spending are still spending more time and has ha, have a larger audience around the audio side. So, so if you're doing video of a, basically an audio, primarily an audio podcast, that goal would be just deeper 
kind of engagement of your audience and feedback, right, that, that can contribute to the, the, the live production of your show. But if you want to pre-produce your show and do, you know, you know, kind of piece it together like a jigsaw puzzle of sorts, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I did for a long time too, where, where you don't have time to, or you don't feel confident that you can do a good live show. Live is a very risky thing. I mean, I, I started out doing a live radio show on broadcast for a couple of years and, um, and that, that was always a very difficult thing and it was very difficult to, um, not make mistakes. I mean, yeah, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of respect for, for the, the live radio broadcasters and their ability to um, juggle all the things that they have to think <laughs> about. But, they, but those guys usually have a guy back in the, the uh, you know, that's kind of producing the show for them back in, you know, that's running the board, as they say. Um, but a, typically a podcaster has to run everything themselves, right? And I think it can be a very distracting thing to, to do a, a video podcast when – um, and it can maybe detract from from the content production side of it, um, but if you really are passionate about that and you have an audience that wants to engage with your your show, I think it's a it's a way that can add to your show uh, and make it more of a compelling experience for people to watch on demand. Um, but clearly, the on demand piece is always going to be where where the big audience is. Now, a, a technical question that many people might be wondering. I know at one point when people entered the realm of video, it suddenly meant that they have to release their podcast in half a dozen different formats, which of course took tons of bandwidth and cost people a lot. Is there a universal video format that you recommend? Does M4V, the same M4V that works on iOS devices, does that work with Zune as well? Yeah. The M4V H.264 um, baseline profile is what I recommend. That that actually plays on every playback platform at Microsoft. Um, you, you know, every experience on the Microsoft platform today will support that, uh, and that um, is also supported by by the iTunes platform uh, as well, and a lot of lot of other playback platforms. So that's the one I would stick with if I were, you know, a video podcaster today. And then the MP3, I mean, I I come across a lot of podcasters that are doing the M4A stuff and I think it's a mistake. I mean, um I mean, I think it can I mean, I think you can still be successful with an M4A podcast, but I I believe that your playback uh opportunities are much greater if you stick with the MP3 format. Now let's geek out for a minute, and can you tell me what your podcasting gear is? I have a complete podcast studio in my office here, and I use a Mackie mixer, and I, I use Shure mics. So uh, my Mackie mixer is a it's an eight hundred two dash VLZ three. It's it's basically a eight eight channel in mixer, and I really really am a big fan of Mackie. On the mixer side, uh, and, and then you really can't go wrong with any Sure mic. <laughs> yeah, they've got a great line. Which one in particular are you using? Uh, it's the SM7B. Yeah, it's a it's a professional studio mic. You'll see it in a lot of kind of broadcast radio stations. But it's yeah, I think it's like three hundred fifty bucks a, a piece or something like that. 
And then what program do you use for editing your audio? I use uh, SoundForge and I use uh, the Levelator software as well for kind of leveling the software. Are you recording straight into your computer or a digital recorder? I go through a USB kind of kind of unit. So I've got an analog mixer that plugs into a, you know, like a USB uh, a unit. It's actually a pretty expensive uh, USB unit. Uh, it spells like 500 bucks or whatever that, that actually takes the audio from the, the mixer and runs it into my computer. It's kind of an expensive setup, but it's very portable. Um, and really, really high quality. I'm really, really happy with it. Let's dispel a myth here. Have you ever had a crash doing it that way, recording into your computer? Where I've like lost the recording? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, lost or corrupted the recording. You know what? With my current system here, I've, I've never had that happen. I mean, I used to have my own studio at home that you know was running off of kind of it was like a twelve thousand dollar studio that i had with uh you know a phone hybrid and and a mark of the unicorn kind of um <laughs> you know i mean it was like what a typical ra- broadcast radio station would have and it was very problematic and I, I occasionally would start recording an episode and the system would freeze up i mean i was running off of windows 98 back then and the whole system would just freeze up and I'd be like 20 minutes into my show and basically lost all my audio. But I would say that um, that's probably rare these days, you know, since Windows 7 is out and it's it's very reliable now. Really a fail-safe is to go directly into a digital recorder of some sort that's pretty high quality. That would be kind of my premier recommendation. Looking at your podcasting workflow from everything you do to record a podcast – making your notes, editing your show afterward, the hardware you you have, every little tool that you have along that process. What is the one tool that is your absolute favorite tool along the way, whether it's just a tiny software program that makes something easier for you, or it's some piece of hardware that makes it possible for you? What's your favorite tool that you use? I would say that my favorite tool is the Levelator software. I would say that's probably, it's free. Um, uh, it was built by a guy who's an expert in, in audio engineering. Um, and and I totally understand why he created that tool. And it's it, it's because a lot of shows that are kind of like pieced together, so, so you have different segments um, that, that maybe were recorded at different times. Or you have an intro and then you have like... Um, you know, some music and then you have, you know, a segment, you know, with an interview and then you transition into another segment. Um, the, the volume levels can, can vary between all those things. Right. And, and you need to have some way to be able to, to kind of make it consistent. Um, because it's very difficult in a digital recording environment to record everything exactly the same and exactly the same level. And I also am a firm believer that if you're doing a podcast, you need to make sure that your volume levels are higher than you would probably think they need to be. I mean, I think a lot of people listen to podcasts in noisy environments. And I've seen this in portable media players a lot where where a podcast would be recorded a little too low in volume. And then the listener would have to crank up the volume on their portable media player Um to the maximum so they can actually hear your, sh- your show because they're riding on a bus or something like that. And there's a lot of background noise. Um, so I, I'm a big firm believer in, um, ramping up the volume level of the, 
of the the audio, uh, and the Levelator does a great job of of doing that. Yeah, fantastic program over there from conversationsnetwork.org. And I'll certainly have links to these different tools and some of the things that you've mentioned in our show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 74. Rob, where can people find you on the internet, your podcast, follow you around? Where do you want people to go? Well, right now, the, the only podcast that I regularly am on right now is the Morning Tech Show with Todd Cochran. And and that's on like uh, usually Saturday mornings at uh, nine a.m. And so, you know, I'm not always on that show, but I'm I'm there on a, I've been there on a pretty regular basis for for years now. And then I also produce a podcast for Zune called the Weekly Download. And yeah, I'm not actually on that podcast, but I actually do all the production and do all of the the post post production and the the scripting and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I do do believe in kind of having a, a script for a show, not necessarily verbatim script, but I'm you know going back to my radio days, I I had to produce shows that were very um, focused, you know, like six minutes and thirty six seconds. So I had to be very tight. So I'm a big big believer in in being rather um, uh, planned ahead for what you're going to talk about and those kind of things. But um, but also to yeah I can be found on Twitter I've got a Twitter account Rob Greenlee so at at, at Rob Greenlee and that's G R E E N L E E and I do have a couple of websites I have uh, robgreenlee.com. dot uh, com you know I actually post uh, you know blog posts in there about tips around podcasting and things like that and then I I still have my old radio show site up there that has in all my archives from my seven years of doing a nationally syndicated radio show. Uh, and that's at uh, webtalkradio.com. So, and then I'm at uh, uh, rob at zoom.net. So you can, you can reach out to me if you're a podcaster. Happy to hear from you. Anything else that you'd like to share with the audience of people who are dying to podcast or podcasting, any tips or anything else you'd like to give them? I just want to let everybody know that, that I think that podcasting has a bright future, and I think uh, it's really interesting what's going on uh, around podcasting right now with comedy podcasters. And it's uh, it's something that if you're a podcast fan, you should definitely keep an eye on because I think it's uh, it may be the uh, the aspect of podcasting that um, that will get it back in the the minds of people more um, than than it has here over the last couple of years. I think it's you know it's kind of been a little bit replaced in the minds of a lot of people or, uh, because of social media, and that kind of stuff. But I I think that if certain genres of of content starts pumping into the podcast area, that's very popular. That that the whole podcast phenomenon could get a you know kind of a resurgence, right? Of of popularity and and most of all awareness. So I think that that's that's one of the big challenges that, that podcasting has today, and I think it does does have a bright future. In some ways, it needs to evolve. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will as people then are also growing and finding new ways that it's no longer just about iTunes and RSS, but it's about phones, it's about cars, it's about tablets and video and TVs and all of this. Yeah, you're you're so right. Podcasting has a bright, bright future, and I de- definitely agree with what you're saying. I think that it's um, uh, 
podcasting is not just about listening to it on a on one one particular device, you know, like an iPod. It's actually so much more fragmented and so much more broad in, in apps and TVs and I mean it's just going to be it's just going to be in so many places. I mean, and um, there's going to be a lot of places where it's not even going to be called podcasts. Well, Rob Greenley from Zoom, thank you very much for joining us for the Audacity to Podcast. And I'll share all of the links and anything else that uh, you mentioned in our show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 74. And Rob, thank you very much for sharing this information, for reaching out to me and saying that you wanted to uh, speak here and also for letting us know that Zoom is certainly not dead. No, it's not. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. So, huge thanks to Rob Greenley for joining me for this episode of the Audacity to Podcast. You can get the links for everything that he mentioned over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 74. And that way you can check out uh, what he's doing and get in contact with him. I will be speaking at Blog World New York City on their Podcasting 101 panel. That's a huge, huge honor for me, and I'm super excited to be going to that. That is June 4th through the 6th. You can register for that over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash blogworld and get in on their early bird discount. And if you register with that link, then it's an affiliate link for me, so I'll get a little benefit from that, and I'd appreciate that. I look forward to seeing you at Blog World New York City, if you can make it there. Please follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. Send your feedback to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or you can send a voice message from theaudacitypodcast.com website. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx. And the Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. People like Rob Greenlee and so many others, Todd Cochran and more, are members of the Tech Podcast Network and lots of shows on tech. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.